Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Montana's only daily sports talk show, Nuanez Now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I like football! I told you, fade the Big Ten. Love being right. What's up, everybody? Welcome in. Happy Friday. It's Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Are you not entertained? What a night of college basketball last night. And you know me. I'm the grumpiest guy around. I think that uh, Division I men's college basketball actually stinks. But what we saw last night is not the game they play in January and February. That's why March is so great. And what an entertaining night of hoops it was, particularly Kansas State's unbelievable win over Michigan State. The Big Ten gets eight teams in, and not one of them going to the Elite Eight. All eight of them eliminated after Michigan State's loss. Last night, Michigan State, the only Big Ten team in the Sweet 16. Kansas State, just so sweet. Such a great story. Marquise Noel, uh, a kid from Harlem, performing at Madison Square Garden. So we'll break down all the action. From last night, also got a bunch of Montana storylines to get to. Uh, we got some movement in high school hoops. Uh, some news uh, out of Billings West High School. We'll talk about that here in just a minute. We're flipping the the, uh, the calendar to spring sports. So we got track and field starting. Uh, Class B plays their golf in the spring, so that's uh, coming up as well. And high school baseball makes its debut uh, in the state of Montana in recent days. Uh, There's four more Sweet 16 games tonight, so we'll also uh, try to give you as much as we can on those. Top-seeded Alabama takes on San Diego State at 430. Top-seeded Houston takes on Miami at 515. Then the the battle of, I guess you'd say the quote-unquote little guys. Princeton's certainly a little guy out of the Ivy League taking on Creighton out of the Big East. Uh, That one's at 7 and then the game I've been waffling back and forth on. I think Xavier is one of the sweetest offensive teams in the in the uh, tournament. Love the way that they move the ball and how well they shoot it. But they're taking on a beast in Texas. Texas is unbelievably talented. Uh, they got they're playing really well right now, and uh, they seem to have overcome the uh, the perils uh, of the Chris Beard scandal there uh, in Ogden for the Longhorns. Uh, so we'll give you a breakdown of all those games coming up tonight as well and give you as many real-time results as we possibly can. Speaking of coaching movement, we also have a coaching move on the Big Sky Conference women's basketball side of things. After a uh, historic, and you could argue, actually I don't even think it's an argument, you, you can state the greatest season in Sacramento State women's basketball history, 
Mark Campbell on his way out the door. Also, the best returning player for Sacramento State is Nell Natabo, also into the transfer portal. So we'll see if she uh, makes her way to TCU or not. But either way, the Hornets are going to look a heck of a lot different next year than they did this year. And uh, I don't know. On one hand, I think it's a, a brilliant move by Campbell. Then we'll discuss why. Uh, the way he played it out, and, and Andrew has some thoughts on this, I know as well, because uh, for those that have followed closely, Mark Campbell was in the mix here at the University of Montana as well. But ironically, and also tactfully, it was maybe a better move to go to the way worse program if the end goal was to move into the Power Five, and that's exactly what Mark Campbell's doing moving on to TCU. We also got an update on Grizzly Cross for you. They've been in sunshiny California, except it hasn't been sunshiny. It's been monsoon is the word that uh, Tucker Sargent and the crew used to describe it, but they did get three games in, so we'll give you a little update on what's going on with them. We'll also uh, have a little fun today. We're going to play a little blindside, uh, and we're also going to ask, we've been, we have been we always have sort of these, these talking points around here that I discuss and hash out with a variety of different guests. And uh, myself, Rajim Seabrook, Riley Corcoran, Brooks Nuanez, Justin Angle, we've all been talking about what is the thing that's holding the Big Sky Conference and men's hoops back from truly having a breakthrough? Like, why can't Montana State or Montana be Princeton? I have thoughts. They've had thoughts. But I want Andrew's thoughts. So Andrew will share some of his thoughts uh, on this uh, common talking point. And uh, then we'll also just... Play some blindside. I have no idea what he has for me. Usually we're so jam-packed full of guests. Our good friend Carolyn, the Chicken Does No Sports, uh, she's been out this week, so she'll be back next week. Uh, it was, you know, it's spring break around Missoula, so a lot of people were out. She's got kids, the whole deal, whatever. Hey, I, I mean, a lot of our other folks were, were down there with, with Grizz uh, Lacrosse in, in San Diego because they were doing a little stay and play, you know, uh, have some spring break fun, but also get some games in. So, um We'll have a a uh, a more bolstered roster next week, but because we're a little bit thin on the guest side of things, that's actually great because we get to have some fun. So we'll uh, in hour number two, pretty loose and uh, wide spread, uh, but it should be fun to break it all down. And of course, we'll keep on giving you as many real time results uh, from the NCAA tournament as we possibly can. That first game, Alabama and San Diego State, tips here. In about 25 minutes. This is Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Maybe you're watching SWX Montana Television. Or maybe you're streaming on the ESPN MT app. No matter how you're tuning in, appreciate you being here. I got my Lotus from Florence Coffee. That's a Friday. Means you can stay up late. Of course you can, because there's four basketball games to watch. The last one doesn't tip till 745, so... You're going to need to stay up late. But I got uh, I got a little Lotus action. Um, as much as I literally love the the flavor and the aroma of uh, coffee, I've been laying off the coffee a little bit. But this is really nice plant-based energy, if you've studied any of that stuff. Pretty good. It just comes from the green tea leaves and uh, the coffee bean extract and stuff like that. So natural, uh, good for you, sustaining Smooth caffeine. It's uh, Friday night. You can stay up late no matter where you're at. In Montana, there's a Florence Coffee Company kiosk near you. Class B. Uh, golf starts here uh, in coming in the next couple weeks. It, it's it's always interesting to see who can go compete with Three Forks. Why is Three Forks? Uh, the, like the dynasty of Class B golf. Well, it's because one of the coolest nine-hole golf courses in Montana, the Headwaters Golf Course, is right there in Three Forks. So they've always had a long lineage of uh, great golfers there. Um, there's been a, a couple uh, that have gone on to play even at Montana State, and so it's just it's kind of fun just to to follow that. But also we'll we'll see some different contenders as, as well. I always think it's very interesting because there's no real right way to do high school golf in Montana. If you have it in the fall, then the beginning part of the season is awesome. You're you're, you're like rolling out of the summer. I mean, sometimes, oftentimes, September is the nicest month in Montana, especially in western Montana. I love September. You know, October, 
hit or miss, and then all of a sudden you get into late October and early November, and a lot of times, like this year, it's just flat winter. It's just straight-up winter. And so that gets a little hairy because you got the, the state tournaments, the most important tournaments, are oftentimes impeded by bad weather. I mean, almost always you see the state champions in you know double A and and uh, A wearing their stocking caps and their pictures and you know wearing pants and long sleeves and all that. The class B does it in the spring, and that's sort of the inverse, right? Like right now. Most golf courses aren't open, so how are they going to actually have a tournament? It, 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 the The season's supposed to start March 27th, so that's uh, three days from now. <laughs> There's, I don't know of any golf courses in Montana that are open right now, uh, and if the, I guess I think a Hamilton maybe just opened. Trust me, I've been monitoring, but so the, it could be a slow start to the golf season. But then on the flip side, maybe uh, when you're competing in your state championships. In late April or early May, maybe it's a little bit nicer. I don't know. It's it's kind of a catch twenty two. I don't know if there's any real, uh, real right time to have high school golf uh, in the state of Montana unless you made it a summer sport. We're off and running with high school baseball as well. Um, it, it's still sort of all over the place. The MHSA has approved high school baseball, but there's been certain classifications divisions that have added it. Double uh, A as of right now does not have it, and uh, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out because I do think high school baseball means more opportunities for more kids. I know there's a lot of kids around the state of Montana that stop playing baseball when they're 15, 16 years old, and this might be an opportunity for them to continue playing baseball. The American Legion programs in Montana are great and they do great work and they uh, provide great opportunity for some of the best teenage baseball players in the state. But it's also a massive commitment. I mean, you're talking an 85 to 95 game season. You're, you're playing in tournaments all over the place. It's a huge commitment in time and in finance. And uh, I just know that that it, it, it prices some kids out. Also though, you got to think like with the, for the Missoula Mavs, for example, they're going to have the the 25 best baseball players from the city of Missoula, or at least the 25 best that want to play Legion ball. But maybe there's a hundred kids that are like varsity level baseball players in Missoula, maybe more. I don't know. So I do think it'll keep kids playing longer. That's that's a good part about it. It'll be interesting to see how high school baseball and Legion learn to work hand in hand. I used to work in Washington, and. Washington had vibrant high school baseball that we I would cover at the newspaper. And then they'd also have Legion. And Legion just started a little bit later. Like the the Mavs and the Chargers and the, you know, the the Mustangs and uh excuse me, the Mustangs is the minor league team. The Scarlets and the Royals and you know, all all the all the uh double A Legion teams, they'll all get going. I mean, they probably not probably, they certainly have been throwing and hitting and stuff for more than a month already, and their seasons will get going right now. How, in Washington, you'd see a lot of kids play high school baseball through May, and then the Legion season wouldn't start until May, and then it would go a little bit longer. Right now, the Legion season in Montana wraps up in early August. And uh, in Washington, it would go all the way through pretty much Labor Day weekend. So how do we find some semblance of, of communication there and, and working hand-in-hand? Maybe there isn't any. I don't really know. It's going to be really interesting to see. But as of right now, we had the first high school baseball games a couple nights ago. Frenchtown and, and Hamilton played down in the Bitterroot. Uh, I think there's a Class B game going now. I know there's somebody from the, the uh, Billings Gazette I was uh, looking at on Twitter earlier that was tweeting um, from Columbus so it's underway. We'll let you know how the whole thing evolved, evolves, and uh, it's interesting. I, all I know is that like I, there's a lot of guys that were in sort of my situation when I was in high school. That was, uh, you're you're an aspi- you're an aspiring varsity football player. You want to play on the varsity as as early as you can, and uh, you know to be able to do that, you got to dedicate a bunch of time to lifting and running and going to camps and you know hanging out with your teammates and and doing walkthroughs and, and all that sort of stuff. And so then the time commitment to play Legion was tough. There was a lot of guys that chose football over baseball. 
And with the addition of high school baseball, maybe you don't have to choose. Maybe you can play high school baseball and then still have your full summer of whether you need to get a job or, or whatever it might be. So that part I think is cool. I would have definitely played high school baseball if there was high school baseball back in my day. So uh, we'll see. We'll see how it all uh, plays out. Also, track and field is underway, and we'll have some meets coming up, and we'll have our best of the best in the Treasure State each week. Uh, complete with best results and interviews and, and all sorts of stuff. So very much looking forward to, to track season as well. Nuanas Dow, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Uh, two more pieces of news to touch on. First of all, Charlie Johnson steps down as the head coach of the Billings West Girls Basketball Program. He's been there for more than a decade, had a ton of great success, including this last year, leading the Golden Bears to the Glass AA State Championship. And that team loses Layla Bauman, who is a first-team All-State selection. But they return Courtney Grossman, who's one of the best uh, two-way guards in the state, and Sidney Pierce, who's a great presence at six foot four uh, in the middle. So West will have some good talent coming back, uh, just depending on who the coach might be. But uh, we will effort Coach Johnson because he's actually, I think, the one of the only uh, state championship coaches we haven't caught up with yet. Tease for next week. Lane Glaus, who's actually an old pal of mine and an old City League teammate of mine back from our Bozeman days. He's the head coach of Manhattan Christian. I talked to Lane on Wednesday. Uh, he was going out of town for a long weekend this this weekend. Uh, so he said he's more than happy to come on on Tuesday. So we'll have Lane Glaus on Tuesday. We'll also try to round up Charlie Johnson because he's had a lot of success uh, at the uh, the Class AA level at Billings West. It'll be interesting to see where the... Uh, Golden Bears turn from here. It's Noah's Now ESPN Radio. Uh, one last thing. I don't really want to hash this out. I just want to share the the sound bites. Andrew says he's got them. So um, it's funny. Uh, the, the data transferring is an interesting challenge this uh, day and age. Um, but you can also find stuff in so many different places. So... Um, Montana State started spring ball on Tuesday. Brent Vegan hosted a press conference on Monday. And again, I don't necessarily want to hash this out any more than we already have. We've talked about the Zach Cruz situation at Montana State. I guess first at Montana and then at Montana State, the former Missoula Sentinel standout. We've talked about it a lot. I don't know how much more commentary needs to be added at this exact moment. It's a story that will continue to evolve. For those that haven't been paying attention, haven't been tracking it, long story short, Jack, Zach Cruz was one of the best players that Missoula Sentinel on back-to-back state championship teams. He uh, got offered full rides to both Montana and Montana State. Uh, he ended up getting in some serious hot water because of a uh, racially charged emoji that he posted on Venmo. That resulted then in him losing his scholarship opportunity at Montana. There's a whole bunch we, we've said already about the way Montana handled it. Uh, there's going to be a lot to be said about the way Montana State is handling it as well. I, I don't know if there's a better or worse way. I don't know that either one of them is really knocking it out of the park. But again, we're not here to commentate on that exact thing right now. Just wanted to share with you what Brent Vegan had to say about Zach Cruz uh, joining the Montana State Bobcats. So this will be in three different little sound bites. But uh, here's the first of three uh, from Brent Vegan uh, from earlier this week, Montana State head football coach. And obviously, I, I want to uh, acknowledge and address Zach's situation. Um, Zach was a young man who had been offered by MSU when I got the job back in February 21. And uh, we, we continued to recruit him, got to know uh, him and his family through the recruiting period, which really extended uh, through that summer. Ultimately, Zach chose another school. Um, he ultimately you know, made a horrible mistake. That opportunity uh, went by the wayside. Um, on his own accord, Zach chose to enroll in MS, at MSU last fall and, um, you know, approached us about an opportunity to walk on, uh, went through what that would look like relative to the spring semester, and he's followed, followed through on all our established protocols and, um, you know, is on the team currently, on the spring roster currently, you know, with an opportunity to earn a roster spot beyond that. Uh, you can just keep playing these, uh, Andrew. The second piece of sound from Brett Vegan. Here you go. What kind of uh, consultation or how much were the players consulted about bringing Zach on um, to the team? Yeah, I think it's a that's a great question because um, without their, I guess, collective uh, understanding, acceptance, um, 
it, it wouldn't it wouldn't work. So, so our leadership group in particular um, was a starting point for that. Um, and you know, I, I I think for for them to just be willing to to work with the situation. You know, it wasn't me telling them, hey, this is the way it's going to be. You know, this is going to be, this is the situation. He's got an opportunity to, to earn his way on this team. Um, and a lot of earning that is how he interacts with our team on a daily basis, how he goes in the weight room in this, this period and works. And, uh, you know, um, it's, been a, it's been a positive uh, experience so far. Um, <clears throat> You know, uh, you know, certainly the, um, the support of our administration, um, President Cruzado, um, Leon Costello, I mean, I think that's a big part of it too. You know, their, their open-minded um, nature in general, I think, and, and um, it's been a big part of us moving forward with this. And ultimately it came down to my decision and, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a situation that Zach is working through or working through as the semester unfolds. So it was your decision not, that you didn't have to get like approval from Cruzado and. Well, I, I think it's uh, to have a discussion. Discussions with them was was part of it. I didn't go rogue by any means, but um, to have discussions with them and ultimately, I think we had good good back and forth and um, kind of laid out the plan for for this semester and, and they were on board with it. Worth noting that Montana <clears throat> did ask uh, its locker room contingent, its players, what they thought of the whole situation. And sources say that uh, several Grizzlies, if not more, were opposed to Zach Cruz joining the team. And uh, that played into him then not becoming a Montana Grizzly. We'll keep you up to date on what's going on with all of this, but uh, we'll we'll put that in the... Oh, oh, we, oh, there's one more. Okay, we'll play one more uh, thought from, from Brett Vegan on the Zach Cruz situation. Zach Cruz now wearing number 91 and participating in spring ball currently at Montana State. And you mentioned it's a positive experience. How have his teammates been, you know, interacting with him, and how would you say how remorseful has he been so far for his mistake? Well, I think, I think what he's done is just put his head down and gone to work. And... and been who he, who he is. Um, you know, I think he's a young person that made a horrible mistake, and um, he acknowledges it. He is very regretful about it, and I, I think in conversations with uh, with our players, I think that's more than clear. Um, so it's just been about going going about this this last uh, stretch since the middle of January. Just just go go in there, be yourself, work hard, and. You know, um, I think continue to to gain um, education. Um, you know, I do think I do think our guys can uh, can learn from a mistake like that. Um, you know, you don't have to be the one that makes a mistake to learn from a mistake. And, and you know, in this world of uh, you know where social media is an instant uh, way of saying something that. You maybe don't even know what you're saying, I guess, and, and I, that's a, that's a generalization. Period. Um, I think our, our guys, you know, can learn from that, and then also just, you know, learning that we all make mistakes. Um, I, I think that's, <clears throat> I think as 18, 19, 20, 21, and we have some 23 year olds all the way up, you know, on our roster right now. I think they all recognize that they've they've made mistakes. The light is, and they maybe shined on those mistakes quite like it did in, in Zach's situation. And, um, you know, uh, you, you hopefully you move on and you become a better person on the other side of it. I, I think that's the message we've continued to pound home. And that's when I say our guys can, can okay. learn from it. It's, um, I think that's, that's can be a pretty powerful deal of, of really figuring out what a person is beyond one thing, one, you know, really horrible thing. Good insight, interesting insight from Brett Vega. We'll keep you up to date with what's going on with that situation there at Montana State. But uh, sort of new life for Zach Cruz, former Gatorade Player of the Year, and uh, Missoula Sentinel grad who's now at Montana State competing in spring ball. Duan is now ESPN Radio. I just found this envelope. I, for, uh, I hadn't thought of these guys in a little while, but reminded me just to say thanks. I'm always wearing my uh, slick Nike Dry Fit ESPN uh, shirts. Love the love the Tiger Woods red that they gave me. 
Got a couple of these bad boys. But it was courtesy of Graphic Imprints, and they are an awesome company based in Billings, but they do have a sales rep here to in town, Nate Dolan. Uh, speaking of Sentinel Spartans that are going to play at Montana State, J.J. Dolan, Nate's son, headed over that way. Uh, but Graphic Imprints, they do apparel, screen printing, embroidery, vinyl, design, promotions, awards, all of it. So if you want to get a hold of Nate, you always can. Nate at graphic-imprints.com or visit them on Facebook, facebook.com graphic backslash graphic imprints. You want to dial ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. <laughs> I tried to get out of here early right after the show last night because I wanted to get home so I could watch the end of the Kansas State-Michigan State game. I'm got my headphones, so I'm, I'm, I'm driving the work truck, and I don't have any Bluetooth in there. So I, I got my headphones in the iPhone, and I'm li- I got the broadcast of the game up, but I'm just listening to it. And I'm driving down Reserve Street, and I'm like, you know what? This is crazy. I, I got to just pull over. I got to just pull over and watch the end of this. Well, I ended up sitting there with our great friends at Paradise Falls for uh, about 45 minutes because the thing went into overtime, and it was just an unbelievable back and forth. And Kansas State comes out on top, 98-93, uh, we were tracking Marquise Noel's uh, assists, and he ended up with 19 of them, which is a single-game record uh, in the regional in the NCAA tournament. He's now got 42 assists for the tournament, which is just an unbelievable number already. Uh, the all-time record is 61 in a single tournament. And uh, with Kansas State's win, he'll have at least one more game to go after that record. Uh, but this was so many big shots, so many big plays, it was just so exciting to watch how much uh, Jerome Tang lets Kansas State play and how much improvisation he allows Marquise Noel to have. But it was also so fascinating to watch that matchup in contrast with just tough as nails Michigan State, man. Tom Izzo remains definitely one of the best in the business. And Michigan State gave Kansas State everything they could handle. The play of this game, though, came with about 58 seconds left in overtime. Marquise Noel's walking the ball up, and he looks over at Jerome Tang, and they are having a conversation about what they could call. Then all of a sudden, Noel throws basically a no-look alley-oop pass from like 30 feet from the basket, and Keontae Johnson with a reverse dunk, and it set Twitter ablaze. It set, it set the whole entire March Madness ablaze because... There was so much debate. First of all, what a pass. Second of all, what a finish. Third of all, people are saying, did Noel do that without Tang's knowledge? Or was that the decoy? Was that the play? Uh, It was just so fun uh, to watch. And what a game in Kansas State. uh, They just keep on rolling into the Elite Eight. Every time they win a game, it makes it look a lot, even that much more uh, solid. The performance Montana State, the Big Sky champions, uh, gave in the first round of the NCAA tournament against K-State. Andrew, I know you were watching this. What did you uh, what, you think of the game? How fun is this, too? This was your first NCAA tournament covering uh, it live. Isn't it so fun watching the teams that were at your site go on? Because you just you, when you see them in person, you just get a whole different perspective. It's probably sweet for you to have seen Kansas State in person, and now they keep on rolling. Yeah, you get to evaluate them first in person, which is sweet. But I did the same thing as you last night. I was in here wrapping up all the things that I do <laughs> after the show. Totally, yeah. And I looked at ESPN and looked at the score, and I said to myself, well... I'm not going to get home in time to watch the totally. end of this. Yeah. I'm just going to stay here and put it up on this computer. And I ended up staying at the office for like an extra 40 minutes because this game goes to overtime. But I could not move. I was I was transfixed by this game. Uh, it was a history, I, I think a star-making performance. I mean, we haven't really had that in yeah. this year's NCAA tournament. The guy who's going to emerge as the story of the tournament. Marquise Noel put his stamp on that last night, and it's just, there are so many storylines of it. He's such a fascinating player to watch because he's 5'8", but he can make all the reads. Yep. He can put the ball into tiny little cracks like an NFL quarterback. So he, he he's a great point guard, man. The, the thing that, um, you know, sort of flies under the radar about that decoy reverse lob play is that a lot of point guards, you would never run that play with them, not because they can't make the pass, right. but because when he's standing there arguing with Jerome Tang, 
He's going to get the ball stolen from him. Right. Not only is Marquise Nolan not going to get the ball stolen from him while he's standing there looking at the sideline, no other point guard in the country is going to try it on him. Right. That's how you know he's in full command of the game. It, it, it just harkened back to like old school times, too, because there was such a long period of time in America where, I mean, first of all, New York was just bigger than big. Like in New York City is still so big. And it, immense, and I, I mean big in so many different ways, in population and spread and size and all of it. But it's not quite like the the city. The, there's there's several other, there's a lot of other cities actually in America that have, have challenged New York for the, for the crown uh, of America's top city, although it, I think most people would still agree it is still New York. But there was so many urban legends of the, of the blacktop that came out of New York. And in the seventies, the Knicks were so good at winning championships. And, you know, and then obviously the big East and the rise of the big East and the games, uh, you know, the, the endless amounts of games and the big East tournament at Madison square garden. And it's the Mecca and all this stuff for this kid to be from Harlem. He's got the, I mean, he's got the Twitter handle, Mr. New York city. Like, how, does, how does he even get that? Isaiah Thomas is there to watch this kid sitting courtside. Like when Zeke is there to cheer you on, you know you made it, right? Like it Carmelo was Carmelo was there. I mean Carmelo Anthony is there. I mean, this is like this was like old school New York. They're coming to see this kid from Harlem. Also, uh, the, the the one of the guards on Michigan State, they grew up together. They were on the same club team. That club team was probably pretty good. Uh, it, it was just such a sort of flash from the past. He's such an old school player and it was just so cool to see like the revival of New York hoops like right before your eyes. Yeah, it's a, it was a special, special night. That was the other thing I was going to mention was the, the New York connection with him and it was like a callback to the soul of this city. For sure. Because he, he embodies not only a basketball player from New York but the point guard from New York. For right? sure. He's, he's cocky but he can back it up and he just... he. He imbues everything that he does on the court with just a little bit of extra flair, right? Yep. And that backdoor alley-oop was the perfect, uh, you know, demonstration of that, right? Just the the um, the character, the individuality. Yeah. It all comes out in that play. And you're right about Jerome Tang enabling that, which is sure. part of the job that he's done. Yep. But Noel was doing it all night. I mean, coming off the pick and throwing the one-hand bounce pass to the cutter, looking looking guys off in the pick and roll and dropping it down underneath. I mean, I love the pass for probably the biggest shot of the game came after that alley-oop when he takes it out of bounds and he slides this really difficult pass on the baseline to Ish Masood for that mid-range jumper from the baseline. That's a really difficult pass because it's really difficult to get that inbounds enough to not throw it onto the line and have it go the other way. Uh, it was just, it was a command performance and to have it come in that arena was was something special to watch. I was, you know, I was walking out and it's like, it's one of those games where you sit down and watch it and you walk back out in the world and it's like, you can see different colors, you know? <laughs> you just, the experience changes you for a little bit. It's so true. No, it's now ESPN Radio. UConn in the Elite Eight, one step away from the Final Four. How many college basketball programs have made more Final Fours than UConn over the last 25 years? I'll tell you on the other side. Keep it right here. It's Nuan is now ESPN Radio. Are you having a bad day? Did you get hurt and it wasn't your fault? Are you in trouble? No matter what has you down, you can take action and help yourself by letting Schulte Law Firm help you. Schulte Law Firm litigates injury, criminal, and civil matters, providing expert advocacy in any situation. Here with Dwight Schulte from Schulte Law Firm. When it comes to criminal defense, what's an example of why someone could or should call Schulte Law? Criminal defense happens on somebody's worst day, you know, and it doesn't mean that someone's a bad person. We all make mistakes. Mistakes. We all make choices that maybe aren't the best choice. And that can lead to dramatic consequences in somebody's life. So we're really focusing on personal injury and criminal defense. We do a lot of different areas of the law, though. We have a strong background in real estate. Um, we handle family law for clients, ton of mediations. The ultimate reality is, is that people have bad days 
And that's when you need our help. That's when you need to call Schulte Law Firm because we know the players, we know the game. We can put people in the best position to achieve the outcome they want. If you've had a bad day, visit jschultilaw.com. ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. If you don't know about John Party, we've been playing him a lot here lately. Uh, you're going to want to know more because it's going to be a heck of a show here in Missoula. He's coming to uh, the Adams Center on November 3rd. So looking forward to that for sure. Uh, I also got some tickets elsewhere to go see John Party. More news on that later. Maybe I won't even tell you. I don't know. I booked a vacation early for the first time in my whole life. How about that? Welcome back. New is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. We only got through one of the four results from last night in the Sweet 16. That was the outstanding and unforgettable result of Kansas State beating Michigan State in overtime, 98-93. A virtuoso performance from Marquise Noel. Uh, to lead K-State into the Elite Eight in their first season under Jerome Tang. The other one, the other early game, I thought Eric Musselman is one of the great tournament. I, I didn't think. I know Eric Musselman is a great tournament coach, and he's always had his team uh, revved up for big-time games. They also play a style that gives teams a lot of issues because they have a lot of athleticism. They press a lot. So I thought it was going to be a good game against UConn. Our good buddy Colby Dant from the uh, Sports Gambling Podcast Network, he told us, on paper, UConn might be the most talented team in the field. Well, here they are, and uh, UConn absolutely rolled Arkansas yesterday, 88-65. So the Huskies are into the Elite Eight. I, I had this thought the other day. I know that people know about UConn, and they, and they think of UConn in high esteem, I think it's probably the only university in the country where when you first hear UConn, you think of their women's basketball program and not their men's basketball program. There might be a couple others. South Carolina, maybe. Um, But UConn is more synonymous with the dynasty of the women. But the men have been unbelievable over the last 25 years. So I really got to thinking about it. If UConn is to punch a ticket to the Final Four by winning the regional this week, That will be their sixth Final Four since 1999. Andrew, can you tell me which college basketball programs have been to that many Final Fours since 1999? Uh, What was the number? Sixth. If UConn wins uh, this weekend, tomorrow I guess it would be, it'll be their sixth Final Four since 1999. How many college basketball programs have been to six Final Fours over the last 24 years? Four. None. Oh, wow, right? UConn has been to five Final Fours since 1999. That's tied for the most with Duke. Kansas, Kentucky have each been to four in that same time span. And UConn has been to the Final Four more times over the last 24 years than North Carolina, Florida, Syracuse, Louisville, UCLA, Wisconsin, Arizona, Ohio State, Maryland, and Memphis. Those other ones I just named are all the ones that have been more than once over the last 25 years. Uh Interesting to think about, right? How many does Michigan State have? Oh, Michigan State's also been three times. Sorry, I left w- them off the list because they were uh, they were gunning for their fourth time. But yes, they've been, that they, been they've been three one times. One of my guesses, yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, no. Excuse me. Michigan State has been four times. That's right. So they're going for five. Yeah, they would have been going. Would have been. Going they would have been going yeah. for five for sure. Um, I I guess I don't know why UConn doesn't get a little bit more. Is is it because? Well, I, actually, I guess I do know why. When I think about it more, it's because of the, the state of co- affairs in college athletics, right? UConn, even though they had all that success that I just mentioned, they have moved around in terms of, of league. They've settled back in in the Big East. But their football program has been all over the place. And that's then directly impacting the revenue. And I think that's why you've seen... Since Jim Calhoun retired, multiple coaches come and go there. They haven't had sort of the stability at coach like a Bill Self at Kansas or, you know, Roy Williams and his disciples at North Carolina or Mike Krzyzewski and his disciples at Duke. Yeah, I think part of it also, Coulter, is that, um, you know, a couple of those happened at the very beginning of that time period, sure. right? The Omega yeah. Okafor, 
uh, Ben Gordon teams. No, like 99 when they won the national title for the first time ever. That was Rip Wait. Hamilton and, and you know, K- Khalid El-Amin and guys, Jake Bosco, guys like that. Sure. Uh, and then also, I mean, the more recent runs seem like, I mean, those the, the um, Shabazz Napier team that won the title, right, was like an eight seed. It's like a six or seven or eight seed. It just yeah, seems right, like they, right. you know, in people's minds, it seems like they've made a couple nice runs, but they don't seem like one of the programs that is always around the Final Four, uh, like Duke or North Carolina or Michigan State. The sporting news, uh, this this was uh, a couple years ago. They hashed out uh, the via a points system. The top 15 college basketball programs of the last 25 years. And a national championship gets you eight points. Final four gets you four. National championship appearance gives you four points. A player of the year gives you two. All-American gives you two. And on down the line. When they compiled all of this, the only teams that had more points than UConn were Kansas, Kentucky, and Duke. That's it. So it is kind of amazing. I is there anything you can point to as to why? I, I totally agree with your assessment. People just kind of think it's because they just go on good runs. They go on good runs more than anybody, though. Why is that? Man, I that is a great question. I, I don't know. I think part of it is the type of guy they can get. Because what do we see in this tournament? The, guy, the, the, the combo guard who can go off, that can win you a bunch of games, right? And they've had... I mean, from Rip Hamilton to Ben Gordon to Kemble Walker, like they've had that guy, the reiteration of that guy so many different times. Yeah, they've always had good guards. Uh, Shabazz Napier, uh, yep, Jeremy yep, Lamb, yep. et cetera, et cetera. Uh, they've always had good scoring guards. I'm wondering if there's something that has to do with the success of the women's team. I mean, that feels like a tenuous link. For sure. But maybe, you know, that has something to do with the facilities or, I, yep. you know, I don't know. I think part of it too is that uh, they, they've even even despite all their success, they they were always overshadowed in the old Big East, and then they're sort of muddied in the new Big East too, right? Like there's just other programs that steal the limelight from UConn somehow, some way. I don't really know why. Yeah, I'm wondering also if it might be just the combination of you know we've talked about these programs that don't really. Uh, you know, the basketball team gets a ton of the oxygen and a ton of the resources because they don't have football, like a, a Creighton and Gonzaga, right, exactly. uh, Georgetown, et cetera. Does, does Connecticut maybe have a little bit of that going on? I know they've got a football team, but it's very, yeah. very bad. Very bad. They've been FCS, FBS. They've been playing independent. They're very bad. But they, they, they're they one of those schools where the basketball program gets a lot of the resources, but then also they're probably in the best part of the country to be able to take advantage of those resources right. just in terms of the areas they can recruit. For sure. Uh, being able to recruit the Northeast and recruit New York. Uh, so maybe it's some combo of those two factors that they're just like the best geographically positioned out of those traditional basketball schools. I have never been to Stores, Connecticut, but I I can't imagine that it's some like crazy draw, right? It is amazing that they've had this much success in men's and women's basketball just in a in a small town in Connecticut. Right, but you you get you get access to the big cities of the of the oh, Northeast. Yeah, I mean you're dra- you're you're you know it's it's closer to drive to D.C. than it is to drive from here to Billings, right? I mean you, you got access to everything. You can get to D.C., Philly, New York, all these big time hotbeds, and so that part totally makes sense. Do now? Uh, ESPN Radio breaking down last night's Sweet 16 games. We'll break down tonight's Sweet 16 games here coming up as well. We're about 15 minutes in uh, to the uh, the first game for tonight. Uh, one sec while uh, the page refreshes here. Seven to six, Alabama, number one overall seed, leads San Diego State uh, in the first of four games tonight. Last night, Tennessee looked like they were just gonna. Boa Constrictor, FAU. Tennessee had, I think, one of the top five scoring defenses in the country coming into the game last night. They look like, I mean, they look like a football team. So big and strong. And they just bullied people. But FAU somehow found momentum and then flipped the script and then just ran away from Tennessee. It was a low-scoring affair, but John L. Davis is definitely one of the the Cinderella stories of this tournament and one of the budding stars of this tournament. And uh, FAU, who has an incredibly charismatic coach and 
is having an unbelievable year. I mean, that's 34 wins for the Howells, and now they're into the Elite Eight. Uh, unbelievable. So that was a, a good one, and I, I took Colby Dance advice. I went straight to the machine and bet on the FAU money line, so cha-ching, that sounded pretty good. And then the uh, the evening game, the last game of the night, uh, we sort of broke down a couple of the all-time classics, Gonzaga and UCLA have played in the past, and we got it again. I think that in my constant criticism of Division One basketball, part of it, part of the of what's faded for me is the the lack of familiar faces and star building, and then you get a, a battle like that with two very familiar characters, Drew Timmy for Gonzaga, Jaime Jaquez from UCLA. It seems like those guys have been there for forever, for ages. And really, for Hawkins, this is his fourth NCAA tournament. For Timmy, this is the third time he's really been in the limelight. And so it's it, it just seems like it's been forever because that's how it used to always be. And these are just two guys that are kind of the last of a dying breed. But Timmy was unbelievably productive last night. 36 points and 13 rebounds. Hawkins also... High motor, uh, so efficient, and really just such a fun player to watch. He had 29 points, 11 rebounds, and Gonzaga outlasts UCLA 79-76. Also, my girlfriend told me that I'm way hotter than Drew Timmy, so I was feeling pretty good about myself because Timmy was getting a lot of love on on the social medias. A lot of ladies are liking the stash. (laughs) He looks like he's like straight out of 1975, Uh, yet he's got all these uh, people thinking he's a heartthrob. It's classic. Regardless... I find it fascinating that Gonzaga went from this crazy Cinderella story in the 90s and early 2000s to then, okay, they're back, they're back, they're back. And then they start building, they start building. Then all of a sudden they're this true elite national basketball factory. And then these last couple years, they've been like the favorite going into the tournament. I mean, the year where they had Jalen Suggs and Corey Kispert and... Now, who was the other big guy? They had another big guy alongside Timmy that ended up being an NBA guy. That team I watched in Indianapolis in 2021 was a machine. They were so unbelievably talented, disciplined, good, and they end up losing in the national title game. But I think it's just so fascinating the sort of the way that the 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 narrative around Gonzaga has changed. And now here they are, cer- certainly still a team that was expected to make some noise, but not a one seed, not a two seed. They're a three seed, and they're back in the Elite Eight. So it was, uh, it was quite an effort by them last night. Thanks to all of our sponsors for all this continued March Madness coverage, including our good friends right across the street from us, I guess right across the parking lot from us here, Amazon Broadcasting Company, Dazzler's Car Wash. Keep your car sparkling clean all summer long at Dazzler's Car Wash. Get that unlimited package starting at 31 bucks. Get the legacy package for $37. You get your car, your truck washed anytime, all day, every day, uh, right here, right next to us, 2610. Radio Way in Missoula. We'll uh, keep on talking March Madness and maybe even have a history lesson next. Keep it right here. It's Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. This is Nuanas Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. Tiger High School Baseball got me a little bit excited about baseball. And uh, to tease some more stuff for next week, our uh, popular, well-received, and more importantly, just super fun series with our good buddy Sean Rainey will return next week. Sean will be swinging by. Uh, he and I are going to get together early in the week and uh, knock out as many, if not all of them, as we can. But we'll have little, I don't know, probably 10 to 12-minute breakdowns of each of the divisions for Major League Baseball. We'll play those throughout the show next week leading up to uh, opening day, and then we'll have a, a full opening day extravaganza. I know Andrew and Jeff have big plans. Is Thursday, is that right? Is, is Thursday opening day? March 30th. That's Thursday. So we'll have a, a ton of Major League Baseball stuff for you. Also excited to once again be carrying the Missoula Paddleheads this summer and excited to have Jeff uh, Safford in the fold for that as well. Speaking of Safford, he's been down in sunshiny California because that's where Grizzly Cross has been. It's Nuwana's Now, by the way, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. The uh, Grizzly Cross team, they went 2-1 and one over the last week. We told you about their uh, 11-9 win over UC San Diego. That's not to be confused with the University of San Diego. 
Grizz Lacrosse then lost to Cal State San Marcos 15 to 5. That was a team that they played and beat last year at the uh, MCLA Division II National Tournament. When they beat San Marcos, I, believe, I can't remember if that was in the round of 16 or the round of 8, but either way, uh, San Marcos is a top 10 team just like the Grizz are. So a good sort of early to mid-season test for Montana. And then Montana bounced back and got a 15-7 to win uh, over Loyola Marymount. Um, so 2-1 and one for the week. Uh, for Grizz Lacrosse, and uh, you can always find all the Grizz Lacrosse action on the ESPN MT app. Jeff Safford will be on the call for the duration of the season. The Grizz uh, next in action next Friday uh, against UC Davis uh, on the Northwest Nazarene campus in Nampa, Idaho. They also play Northwest Nazarene uh, the following day. Next time you can catch Grizz Lacrosse here in town, Thursday, April 6th, that's the day before the Grizz spring game, uh, Montana will host Carroll College. And then they also have some action coming up down there at the Fort as well. Gonzaga will be in town, and they'll play uh, against Gonzaga on the 7th, and they'll play Utah State at Washington Grizzly Stadium on the 8th. And then College of Idaho and Colorado Mines will each be in town the weekend of April 14th and 15th. So, one last road trip for the Grizz, and then they'll be back at home for most of the rest of the regular season. But a good start, they're 10-2. and two. And uh, certainly uh, a contender in the MCLA Division II uh, men's lacrosse division. We spent so much time rambling on about uh, Marquise Noel and Kansas State and uh, UConn and all their exploits that uh, we're going to start our number two with a conversation about the departure of the Big Sky Conference Coach of the Year in women's basketball, Mark Campbell, on his way out the door after only two seasons at Sacramento State. Why was the move and the tact behind the move brilliant? We'll tell you. Plus, we'll play a little blindside as well. Hour number two, Nuanas Now, coming at you. Keep it right here. It's ESPN Radio. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 